nature of horse a vacuum, and so do I, Paula. <laughs> Someone's got to mess things up. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to clean. Hello, my name is Connie Calder. Welcome to my podcast around Connie's Table. Today, you are going to meet a dear friend of mine, Paula Jardine, who envisions these amazing theater shows and somehow engages the community while doing it. It started out with a production of The Snow Queen in downtown Edmonton in the dead of winter, overtaking the whole downtown city core. She has a thing called Public Dreams, which I think best describes what she does, that led to the Luminaris Festival. It is a lantern festival through the parks of Vancouver. She's organized bird parades. And now she has taken those many years of skill and ability and is using them as the artist in residence at the Vancouver Cemetery. I mean, how how did you even get that job? Like, how did they even, how were they smart enough to do, to give that to you? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I wonder... Connie, I've always apparently been able to talk people into things. It's true. It's true. And, it's great. Yeah, and uh, it's your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> and it really comes from like I've just always been like this. I was the kid in the neighborhood who was like, "Hey, everybody, let's do a show in my backyard." You're the jo- you're the, you're the, the, the Rooney. There, that you know, there was that character that. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, I recognize myself in that little uh, vignette. And uh, I've been reflecting on that, as one does when one gets their old age pension uh, application form in the mail. And it's really always been seeing how I want to connect with people and then figuring out how to do that, like just wanting to be a part of everything. And then now working at the cemetery, realizing that at the core of it, it's wanting to be useful, wanting to connect with people, connect with the land and understand how we're, how we're part of the natural cycles of things. That's been a lot of what's informed the things that I've done. And also just being surrounded by amazing people uh, all the way along the way, you know, Peter Field and uh, Marina Ziarto and, and. Yeah, but you're you're a magnet for that. There's a magnet for that. So you create a framework, you uh, make an invitation like with Illuminaries, the posters were always in as many languages as we could find in the neighborhood. Uh, just saying that the lights of the the lights of the lake lit up the eyes of the people, and that was just in many many uh, uh, languages. And uh, the same in the cemetery, uh, we do make a point of having lots of languages on the promotion because this is something that unifies us and lighting a light in the darkness is something that unifies us as humans as well it's a it's a symbol that uh that everybody recognizes that's been a theme of a lot of stuff i'm just thinking when you said lighting the light in the darkness i mean even the snow mm. queen is about that and in the night in and yeah i grew up in edmonton and there's a lot of darkness and a lot of lights that need to be <laughs> that's lit right. yeah, and, yeah. and that how did you get us all to stand it there freezing our butts <laughs> off 
for art. <laughs> that was kind of amazing because it was inside and outside, as you say. And yeah, we took over downtown. And Wheeler was in that show, by the way. <laughs> she was in the windows of the Eaton Center at the corner there. And she played that. two characters. So <laughs> she had to do a costume change right in front of the audience. And that was part. She's a she- really great clown. Yeah, yet you know she's a fabulous, uh, you know, fabulous filmmaker. But you know what? You can you can remember back when it was so unusual that there was a woman director. Oh yeah, and it was point. like you know she it seemed like she had to work so hard to just get anything up, and now she's doing all of this stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's so gratifying, isn't it? Oh, I know, it's my favorite season, Connie, <laughs> the fall of the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a genie Walker, just to give credit where it's due. <laughs> anyway, what was the question? My question is, whatever happened to that great character, Mrs. Paula, that you used to play? She was a hit of the Labor Day show. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Paula. Well, I mean, because... give, people an, give, give, give us an idea. Of, like, for my favorite one of your Mrs. Paula hints was when I first had kids. You said, okay, Connie, get all of your kids' clothes in a color that goes really well with your couch <laughs> and, your, and your, your living room colors. Because yeah. when they're spread all over everywhere, it'll still look attractive. It's still good. It's good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that stood me in good stead throughout, yeah. uh, throughout my uh, child-rearing days. And it was great because I really did realize that uh, claiming housework was a feminist act. You know, we were brought up to believe that we could be and do anything except a housewife and a happy mother, right? Like we yeah. were supposed to just have careers. And so to discover... Well, actually, I was brought up to think that's all I should be doing. But oh, I failed so miserably at it. I had to go into the arts and become a singer. such a failure, <laughs> Connie. I am such a failure. Nature abhors a vacuum and so do I, Paula. <laughs> Someone's got to mess things up. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to clean. That's what I tell my husband all the time. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Tia, thanks for that. Thanks for the husband, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's my one shining glory of uh, <laughs> matchmaking, matchmaking success. Was that? He yeah. is. He was such an amazing guy. Your your husband, Calvin Cairns, which I'm going to get some of his music to play somewhere in this. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. He's he one of those lovely grand human beings. I was he just really saying is. to my son that he's always been there every time I've needed him the most. Somehow he shows up. I don't know how he knows. It's like he's, he's got a the super innocent. loyal friend. Yeah. He's just a superhuman being. There you go. He is. But with Mrs. Paula Connie, it was funny until I was really a housewife and had kids. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what, you know, and, and what I found interesting too is the way you took kids. I mean, in some ways, I guess I do because I sing about being a woman and a mother and all of that stuff that nobody ever sings about. My latest being exactly about that. I love that song. Oh, thank you. you Every day moments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, I just, I, I wanted to also and, talk about what drives you, cre- like, I, I'm looking at creativity and ideas, which have always fascinated me. And like our generation and just before us, there's some of the few generations where women have been allowed to explore other ways of creativity and take their ideas outside of the home or whatever that is. So I just want to talk to you about where do you get the idea for it and how do you work with those ideas? And do you wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, I'm going to make a, you know, I'm going to have a rolling wagon or something. I don't know. I I don't really know. I think that they kind of evolve out of uh, moving forward and mostly always out of personal need and a 
and there's kind of a kernel of a question in them all like uh the year before we did the snow queen and also the same with the snow queen is like how let's tell a story that reflects our real physical environment and and that's what drew me to theater past marai as well where mm-hmm. you and i first met was uh, that they were going into co- communities and doing plays about the real lives of people yeah. and and you know and about I grew the up country in, about the country yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah just, exactly yeah. oh yeah in fact opened me up to the true story of the country that i lived in introducing mm-hmm. me to maria campbell and rudy weeb and the history yeah. of where the true history of where i grew up that wasn't something from school. And uh, so so really it was to, at the core of it all, is to talk about who we are and celebrate who we are. And re- yeah, it is to galvanize community. Reclaim who we are in a way. Yeah, yeah. It? And, it's, and, and I think it's actually really uh, traditionally been women's work to, uh, to bring community together. And uh, I joke that we're the ladies' auxiliary of... Uh, of the arts and, uh, and that hostessing is a political act when you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, we, we, we've digressed, which is of course the most fun. I want to talk about what you create as an artist in the Vancouver cemetery. People come, you help them create their own personal shrines for the people that have passed. And it all leads up to a giant event on the 31st of October with lights and music and people involved in a real way on the grounds of the cemetery. Where did it all come from? Where did that idea come from? Um, it was because my dad died, you know, and just looking at what was available to us culturally, if you're mm-hmm. not really in a strong religious not, or yeah. cultural tradition, and uh, <clears throat> which led me to the cemetery. But uh, yeah, but really, it's about reinforcing community, Connie, and I think that you do that as well. Uh, you bring community together every night you do a show and people hum together. It's such an important thing that we need to do. And people sing along with your songs. And so they're oh, all vibrating But you seem to take some idea and storytelling thing and have a visual transformation of it. And that's what I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not just people. It's that you see... You connect on a visual level to create something that, tra- like, you don't just kind of take flashlights and go through the park. You create lanterns, <laughs> and you create this, and you create something large. You create something to encase that light that you want to bring in the darkness. Oh, I do see them as vessels of light, and that, and it always feels like people are walking around with their souls exposed, like you're carrying your soul outside of yourself. Let's all get Ooh, together in the dark. I just and put the uh, hair up on my arms. Ooh. <laughs> Well, listening to okay, every, yeah, go ahead. What, if you happened? could envision any kind of project right now that somebody would just say, "Okay, here's fifty thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars to do it," what would the project be? Oh, probably the All Species Parade because, <laughs> well, the most fun thing that I've done in the last few years was the uh, International Bird Parade. Birds on Parade oh, was yeah. the title. Birds, Birds on, on Bird. Parade, and that was inspired by two things. Kathy Stubbington was doing bird song, uh, birds on stilts, a bird stilt chorus in, uh, in Enderby. So I knew these costumes existed and she was really trying to, like, it was really about connecting with your bird and all of the details on the wings and the head were correct for that bird. And every person 
in this parade learned the song of their bird. Oh, wow. And it was at an invitation of the, uh, the convener of the International Ornithological Congress, which is this huge thing that started in 1884 in Vienna. Oh, my goodness. I know. And it, they'd been holding it every four years at different places around the world. And it was the first time it was on the West Coast of the Americas. And it was like a huge deal. And we're like, we're going to make you a parade. And they didn't have any idea. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah a little parade. Oh, yeah, birds and costumes. But 150 people, Connie, after all these workshops we did, in bird costumes, on stilts, and on then a whole stilts? bunch of, on stilts, 150. And then there were another 150 60 people or on more people. stilts? On stilts in bird costumes, singing their bird song. We had a crow chorus, and they were doing a Coast Salish uh, dance. Uh-oh. And I just demonstrated that for you, radio listeners. <laughs> what is the most? What would be one of the more unusual people that you managed to convince to become part of the bird chorus? Well, the bird parade was, uh, well, there were people, wa- we were, for the last two weeks, we were at the Coal Harbor Community Center, which is right along the Seawalk. So tons of international tourists. Mm. So one night we're rehearsing and these two Mexican women came running up to us and we're like, oh my goodness, we, we're stilt dancers. We want to be in your parade. <laughs> <laughs> so really? Yeah. And Kathy found them costumes and they worked in the rehearsals and they were in the parade and they were fantastic because they were professional stilt dancers. And, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and then there were these two uh, um, tourists from Spain who said, oh, yeah, we'd really like to be in your parade. And, ca- and just like five minutes before the parade was about to start, they still hadn't showed up. And Kathy was like, I saved the best costumes for them. They're beautiful. Oh, here they are. And uh, <laughs> it all worked out. Uh, yes. <laughs> but... I think my favorite, though, is uh, back in the day, in 1983, we did the uh, World University Games, and uh, I volunteered as the parade boss. Alan Duncan was my liaison at City of Vancouver. (laughs) The guy showed up to my first meeting in roller skates. I'm like, oh, okay, everything's fine. And uh, (laughs) we were doing this lunch hour parade, and we still had a bunch of uh, costumes from Ralph Lee, Medawi River Company were there and they just brought tons of costumes. So we were actually out on the street asking people walking by, hi, you want to be in a parade? It's in 20 minutes. And the guy was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how long my, uh, when, when will it be over? I said, oh, and he said, oh, my lunch break lasts until then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so the best image at the end of that parade was this troll in the corner pulls off his mask pulls off his hairy costume, straightens his tie, picks it up his attache case, and heads back to work. Thanks a lot, he says. <laughs> I'd love to meet that guy again. <laughs> that was a story to tell when you come back from lunch. Eh? Yeah. I was a troll. <laughs> People are just waiting for an invitation, Connie. That's been my experience. Mm -hmm. And I particularly love people who walk into a workshop, whether it's, you know, well, whatever, lanterns or pebble mosaics, and they say, well, I'm not creative. And I just think to myself, we'll just see about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what do you think, how do you think Edmonton, 
where you're from affected mm. how you moved through the world and did these things and how did, like how did you how did you keep, how did you keep at it <laughs> how did you keep at it without giving up or you know cashing in or whatever that is good, good questions i would say uh i would credit the city of edmonton departments for being open to my goofy ideas like when i was like oh, can i close this alley as a 22-year-old artist, I want to close an alley and do a show in the backyard. Uh, and the fact that the city supported that and said, yeah, okay, we'll give you some barricades. Well, the Snow Queen turned into like... The Snow Queen. We turned took over into like Nuit Blanche. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. Like it turned well, into a celebration, actually, that they oh, still it do. It they? Ended, yeah. Uh, they did first night for quite a few yeah. years, and I, I went and helped with that. So... So yeah, this the city support for that, and Alan Duncan uh, pointing out to me as a very young artist that there is no us and them. There's just us. Yeah, that made a huge difference. That informed so many of my, the the ways that I can talk to people in, uh, in funding agencies. Like, just stop thinking of them as separate from you. We're all trying to do the same thing, and uh, so that kind of support has made a huge difference. Like even though I fell through all the cracks in the granting agencies, there was always somebody in the agency willing to help me figure out how to somebody do got, what I wanted. They saw the vision and dug it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to make an all an all species parade? I think that's the thing to do. It's uh, trending universally. Well, on planet Earth anyway, and uh, it's something. It's the only that's planet been, I know anything is going on on anyway. So. Is there the another planet fun. where things can trend? I don't know. They're so dead. Yeah, they're so dead. <laughs> they're so cold or they're so hot. Yeah. We're just like perfect. I was trying to find that song that you sang. I'm it's a your birthday today. today and you're but you're old. You might think you're this hot, but you're cold. But you're cold. It's your birthday today and you're old. 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 That's a great one. <laughs> I want to send it to Alan. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote it for my for Bill, my bass player, on his birthday in Toronto. Oh, yeah. nice! Can I buy you a beer, or perhaps something stronger? If you're full of good cheer, <laughs> more scotch. You might last a lot longer. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just it think is a Western kind of thing to say that. You know, it's kind of a Western. Oh, your birthday today. You're old. The dry out. crop failure sense of humor has sustained us over the years. <laughs> Okay, now, any advice, Mrs. Paula, for artists, for creators, for creative people, for idea people out there? Gosh, you know, I don't really have advice, Connie. I, I just, uh, I've been claimed by my garden. Grow food, be kind. Make something beautiful. Make something beautiful. In fact, thanks for saying that, Connie, because really... Uh, that's the the one guiding principle for all of our choices is is it beautiful and then yes because art isn't something on the side art is the point <laughs> and yeah art is the point i believe it i think this is a good place to end it because this is about art and idea and beauty and Paula, you embody all three of those things. Aw, Connie, this was so wonderful. Yeah. 
Thank you, Paula, for being my first podcast guest. And thank you all for listening. I'm going to send you out with a little bit of Calvin Karen's music. And if you want to know more about Paula and her projects or Calvin's music, you can find links to them in the description. Next week, I'll be talking to Andrea Menard, singer, songwriter, player, TV star from of Blackstone and Moccasin Flats, and... Tune in if you want to find out the worst thing you can say to a prairie gal. 